This episode of Control Delete is brought to you by USAA. USAA is passionate about what they do, ensuring the financial security of the military community and their families. And as an employer, USAA creates conditions for employees to succeed. USAA is hiring for customer service reps, designers, developers, insurance, banking, and more. Visit them online and see over 200 jobs available. It's an organization that provides opportunities for you to collaborate, create, and lead. Find your purpose with USAA. Visit usaajobs.com and join the team. Hello, and welcome to Control-Out-Delete, the best source for alternative facts. <laughs> it's a great username on this one, too. That one came from at puns for life. So really just sticking sticking right with the theme there. Anyhow, uh, I am Neil Patel. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Verge. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, uh, I was going to say the Walter Cation, but I just said alternative facts. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, uh, Verge, executive editor, Recode editor-at-large, Walt Mossberg. How's it going, Walt? Uh, it's going great. It's yeah, you're going, in a great it's, mood. It's been a great <laughs> week, I have to say. I should have said insufferable Patriots fan, Walt Mossberg. <laughs> you could have said that, yeah. But I'm not. I'm not no, no, no. My immediate tweet on the game after it was over was, uh, you know, to praise the Patriots, but to also praise the Falcons. I'm a, that kind of guy, you know. Yeah. I think I think they played really well. And they, if, when they were the told to game give up a, and let Brady win, they complied. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if 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 a football game were you know forty eight minutes long, they were brilliant. Wow, <laughs> wow! I texted yeah. you and I said I've never seen yeah. anything like this. And no, Walt right. just replies, "Well, it's not over yet, but Brady is the best ever." <laughs> It was something. But so you're in a good mood. You're recovered from all the celebrating. You torched the streets of Boston. I'm sure you ha- you <laughs> have purchased a Roger That t shirt. You're good. Um, I've been shopping for which t shirt <laughs> to buy. I'm trying to decide. I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with Roger Goodell. I yeah. Mean, really. I think that, that literally this, he is not welcome in the city of Boston. No. Uh, which is pretty uh, great. But, you know. I wouldn't say I'm I'm over the joy and the and and also just the amazement. I don't care if you hate the Patriots. I mean, just the amazement of watching a sporting event where the fortunes changed that dramatically. Yeah, it I was mean, it, it just, was really something. It was just incredible. So yeah, I'm happy about that. I'll tell you what else I'm happy about. What's that? And this is going to sound like a, 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 an ad, but it's not because I don't make any money off this. Zero money off this. I'm happy that I got a Control Walt Delete sticker for my laptop. Hey, yeah, we got merch. It's out in the store. You can buy T-shirts. You can buy the sticker pack. I don't make any money off it either. This is the worst business anyone yeah. has ever started. How did we allow this? <laughs> Why don't uh, we get a royalty on this? You got, we got nothing. But yeah, the stickers are out. The T-shirts are out. I think Andrew is actually the model or producer here. Andrew is the model. He for is the, the model for the, the T-shirt. He is. Yeah. Uh, so go check all that stuff out. The sticker. The sticker is real fun. It's it's much bigger than I thought it would be, but I think that's appropriate. Yeah, it's nice. I think if you've got a laptop, mostly what you should be using it for is advertising our podcast. I just an idea that I have. It's exactly that's that's my column for next week. <laughs> the best uh, use of a laptop. That would be a great photo shoot actually. That's best great. laptop for Verge stickers and control delete stickers. Anyhow, <laughs> let's get into it. Uh well, you reviewed you kind of well, first of all, you had a big exclusive. You had the first review out of this thing. Um but it's something that's been around for a while and you were excited to review it again and you were you were just telling me this products are doing good. Like people use it a lot. It's the new Flipboard. That's right. 
So uh, I think a lot of our listeners are familiar with Flipboard. It's something that it aggregates. It's a news aggregation app. It's on every platform and including the web. And uh, well, maybe not. Maybe it's not a win. I don't think it's on Windows phones, but it's on Android and iOS and every platform that matters and the web. And uh, that pretty much covers most everything. And it aggregates the news in a number of ways uh, from publishers that they do have deals deals with, from RSS feeds, from uh, social media. Importantly, that's really where they started. They algorithmically and editorially follow certain Twitter accounts and Facebook accounts, and you can add your own that you would like to follow. Uh, and they turn it into this beautiful kind of magazine-looking thing. Originally, it was uh, designed around the iPad, and uh, now it's uh, on phones. And it's called Flipboard because that's the action. Instead of swiping, you kind of the pages kind of flip. And it's been successful, quietly successful. Uh, they have over 100 million people using it, and uh, they ha- tell me that they have been growing mm-hmm. uh, steadily. And even though a whole bunch of other people in the same business have been falling away, they kind of are still there. And what this rev that I wrote about is 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 probably their biggest change in really in years because it changes the user experience and it changes sort of the philosophy of the thing in a way. And it's called Smart Magazines. So for a while, they've had this concept where you could make your own manual magazine. If you cared about, you know, the Green Bay Packers, you could make a magazine about the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. And you could add websites that you liked about them or particular stories or Twitter accounts or whatever. You could do that yourself. And it was Mm -hmm. static. Nothing changed on it unless you added something. You could make it public. You could share it through Flipboard. You could send links to it to people outside of Flipboard. But it was it was not dynamic. Uh, they had their own couple of sort of sections that weren't really magazines. Now what they're doing is they've turned the whole thing into basically a gallery of what they call smart magazines, which they compare to smart playlists in a music app. So you set up the criteria through this thing they call the passion picker. So you might say Green Bay Packers, but, but it's even – much more granular than that. You can say Green Bay Packers. You can say, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You can say, um, if you, you know, if you, I suppose you could say Brett Favre. You know, yeah. you could say any, 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 anybody, any player, anything around it, the stadium, you know, Lambo. You could say anything you want. And in at that point, their algorithms take over, and you've got a living magazine about something you're interested in. Yeah, I feel bad for the Green Bay Packers free agency signing section, which will be never populated by any news <laughs> whatsoever. But that's just me personally. Uh, so that's really interesting, right? Because the what we've talked about on the show a million times is the you know the disaggregation of news. So, right in every context that we've talked about the media, articles go out in the world; they're not connected to homepages or. I don't know, actual printed magazines or sites even, you're kind of coming in sideways through social media. Flipboard is saying, okay, let's fully embrace that and we'll re-aggregate things around topics from multiple, multiple sources 
and be as granular as you want. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And it's sort of like, like if you love The Verge, and who doesn't, you can go to The Verge uh, on any of your devices, because we have a beautiful, responsive website, and you'll see what editors like you and Dieter Bone, mentioning Dieter, uh, have decided uh, should be aggregated under the the Verge uh, brand. Yeah, Vikings Pro Bowl quarterback, another empty section in Flipboard, <laughs> just <Yeah>. for Dieter. It's <laughs> <laughs> for Dieter. <laughs> I imagine we're planning an Walt Tom Brady edition of The Verge. Yeah. For someday. <laughs> the, the, Fine, the but, Walt mutiny is complete. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the point is, um, that's, you know, that's the judgment of the editors of The Verge, which is very good judgment in my opinion, but some, there might, Neelai, conceivably be somebody whose judgment doesn't align with that. So they... They, they really have several options in Flipboard for re-aggregating what really has become a chaotic news situation. And we, we've talked about the disintermediation and the disaggregation of news. I think it's approaching chaos at this point, mm-hmm. particularly given the political campaign and the, the first couple weeks here of, of the Trump administration, plus everything else going on around the world. It's just insane. And it... And it creeps into everything. Creeps. We know that it has crept into tech, the fake news issues, the alternative facts issues, all this crazy stuff. Um, and I just think it's chaotic. I mean, I, I used to get up in the morning, and one of the first things I would do would be to just glance at the main Twitter feed just to see if anything big happened overnight. I figured it would probably be in the main Twitter feed. But it's just it, – and I don't follow thousands of people, but it's just crazy yeah. on there. And there's a lot of redundancy and there's a lot of just kind of junk on there. <clears throat> so Flipboard is saying we, we Flipboard, will – there's one magazine on there uh, that they've had for, for a while now, although now it's been kind of redesigned. It's called the Cover Stories, and that's algorithmic. It follows your interests, but it, but it grabs the newest things in the areas you care about. There's another one called Daily Edition, which is editorially curated by them. It's kind of your newspaper, let's say. And but it's a it's a quicker read, but it's your newspaper. Right. And it's all laid out beautifully, and you can just read the summary and the headline, or you can tap on it and go to the original. You know, within Flipboard, they'll bring up the story from the original source, and you can read as long as you want. What I thought was interesting in your column, you mentioned um, on the political side, there's left, there's right, and there's like the center, and you can pick the one that actively tries to break your filter bubble by showing you news from exactly. the other side of the aisle. Exactly. Which, which is great. I mean, I think that's that's like a great idea, because you're it's certainly not going to get that from a Facebook or a Twitter. But this brings up one of the really, one of the things I really liked, and I, and I should say I really like this rev of Flipboard, because I think they've just done it intelligently. This thing is super granular. So before on Flipboard, and I think on a lot of these things, if you said you were interested in politics, that was your your interest, as opposed to <clears throat> government or national affairs, just politics. You're interested in politics. We would basically get the same the same stuff, right? And with Flipboard, it is now possible to be so incredibly granular that you can be in a bubble if you want. Uh, you there's there's a there's a category called conservative point of view. There's another one called liberal point of view. 
Trump's first 100 days is a category. I guess after 100 days, that one goes away. Maybe they'll do second 100 days. I don't know. You can have those in your magazine or not. But then I was really, and this is why I mentioned it, they, they are able to be granular and, and make up interesting ways to slice the news. And this one was left, center, and right, or yeah. whatever order it was in. Left, right, and center, I think. And the point is, I noticed the minute I added that to my existing political magazine, I started to see everything from, as I mentioned in the column, The Guardian, which is a left-wing uh, newspaper, to uh, you know Fox News and lots of stuff in between. And so you get different. It, it breaks your filter bubble. Now, some people may not want to do that, but they're giving you the opportunity to do it. You can also build a smart magazine that is source-based as opposed to topic-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, or or topic based, but constrained by sources. So, if I have certain people I want to follow from my social media, or just people who are published elsewhere, and I have feed their feeds, I I can build a magazine based on that. So, the key to it is it's personalized, but it's quick and simple. Yeah. So they can appeal both to new users and. Also, the kind of deep dive veteran Flipboard users. There's a thing about this, that it, it, and I know Flipboard doesn't like this comparison, but I'm going to make it anyway. That I miss having an RSS based news diet. Like, I really do. You know, if you've been following politics deeply, and particularly this uh, immigration ban, there's like a great site out there. It's a bunch of former national security <laughs> lawyers. It's called Lawfare, L A W F A R E. Just go read it. It's super nerdy and wonky, and they're deep into the law of what's happening uh-huh. with Trump. And I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to think, how am I going to get this every day? Like, I just want to see what they're up to every day. Well, do they have a feed? Right. So in an old version of the media, and I hesitate to say old because it's like five years old, I yeah. would go find their RSS feed. I would add it to Google Reader or Feedly or whatever I was using. And that would be the first thing I looked at every morning when I woke up. What's in the feeds? I'm checking my feeds. I um, used to do that. I'm going to see I what's on the verge. one called, uh, what was it called? Newsgator or something? Oh, yeah, Newsgator. Yeah. I mean, there are were, there were tons of them. Uh, and people had passionate arguments about which ones were the best, and the companies were buying each other. There was all this stuff, and it seems like Flipboard, they're not. It's not RSS. There's a lot more going on under the hood with Flipboard, but this is a sort of thing where I'd say, you know what? I just want to make sure I, I know what's on Lawfare. Say every day, I'm going to add bet it to you Flipboard. Can't. If, if they have a feed, you can add it to Flipboard, mm-hmm. and you, you could create an immigration magazine with Lawfare and other sites that may exist around this. Yeah. So, I mean, But that's the sort of thing where I don't think any of the other kind of news aggregator products – like Facebook isn't doing this with instant articles. Google is not doing this with AMP. Apple News exists and I will tell you Apple News is shockingly more popular than I think anyone gives it credit for. I'll, uh, yeah, no, I'll, it is. I'll throw out a stat. Maybe nobody knows the stat. Maybe I'll get in trouble for saying the stat. There are days that Vox.com gets more audience on Apple News than it does on any of its other platforms. That's crazy to me, right? Um, and that's obviously Vox.com is our sister site. So sorry, Ezra. I divulged a stat. Don't get mad at me. But I he's, think that's – He's about 200 feet from me right now. Well, so. wave at him. <laughs> he won't know why you're <laughs> waving, but just smile and wave right now. Um, no, but the, uh, Apple you – know, it's, it's a default app on the iPhone. Default apps on the iPhone tend to do very well. But I don't think people 
look at Apple News the same way they used to look at an RSS reader. I think the reason – one of the reasons Flipboard does so well, it's a destination that you choose. You say this is how I'm going to consume the news now and right. any option to give you to make what you're describing as chaos simpler to understand. So you're seeing more of what you want to see and more of the sites and subjects and people that you want to see is is just like good. And I, that to me is their their big – that's their big differentiator in a world where a lot of people, I think, have tried to do this. And in this version, they're trying to make it really quick. This screen called the Passion Picker, which lets you build a magazine, is right in the home gallery. Anytime you want to make a new magazine, something enters your head, some new controversy. There'll be a new controversy with Trump probably weekly, maybe on a whole different subject. You want to get a new magazine on that? You can delete it eventually if you want, but you want it for a while or forever, you can make it in about two minutes on there. Yeah. And here's the thing. You can go back to any of your magazines with one tap at any time, and that passion picker thing comes up again. You can say, okay, this subtopic, I that's not their word. That's the word I use to describe these things. This subtopic is not something I'm particularly interested in anymore. Or Following this person is not so, something I'm interested in, but I am interested in this other thing or this other thing. So you can tweak them, but you don't ever have to. So it in one kind of one fell swoop, they've just made this thing a much better uh, and more attractive aggregator and a much quicker, simpler one. So what do you think the future of these things are, right? Like they, I noticed, for example, the new version is available on the iPhone, on Android, on the web, which is interesting. It, they've held off on the iPad until, you know, they're obviously going to bring all the new features to the iPad, but it's not there yet. Hmm. Where do they think their primary use case for this thing is? You mean which device? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I don't think about <clears throat> opening Flipboard on the web. Do they think that's a big market for them or it just they're able no, to do No, I don't that? I don't think they do. Um, they told I asked them this question and and the their answer was essentially and they did the they migrated the web not this version is not the first version to be on the web a few couple of years ago, a few years ago and I think the reason was they just had people demanding uh, demanding it. It's obviously not a majority of their users probably, but some of the people all the time some of the people, some of the time, mm-hmm. felt they wanted a bigger to watch it on a bigger screen to read and and to read it and to watch it. And when I say watch it, there's beautiful photographs and now there's uh, videos uh, embedded in these Flipboard articles and magazines, even on the covers. And um, some people like a bigger screen for that. But I think they think their biggest platform is phones, like most other people right now. Yeah, I, to me, I think. It, I don't want to get fully into phones versus tablets, but I think that the the prevalence of big phones, obviously Apple's results just came out and you know they were very happy with how the iPhone 7 Plus is doing. The, the increasing popularity of big phones as a news consumption device is going to once again change how we think about news because before – you know, Steve Jobs obviously made a big bet when the iPad first came out that people were going to read on it. Right, he that was when he brought out iBooks. Yeah, and I don't know if that has carried over. I I actually think it's moved to the phone quite a bit. I think people consume on phones just day in and day out because they obviously they have it with them, and the screens are just getting bigger and bigger. I think you're right. Um, I will tell you that I still I think you know this. I'm a 
pretty heavy iPad user. I do a lot of reading on it. Yeah. But Flipboard work, works really well on even a small, even what passes for a small screen phone now, and certainly on a on a bigger one. So yeah, news consumption is overwhelmingly digital. News consumption is overwhelmingly on phones. Um, my wife has a, a MacBook Air. She does not want an iPad. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I've, I've offered to get her an iPad of any size she wants. Yeah. Um, or any or an Android tablet or any an Amazon tablet, any tablet. She just she has a she has an iPhone and she does everything on that. Yeah. And that's how she that's how she consumes a lot of news. And that's how she, uh, you know, interacts on the news. Yeah. So, and she's perfectly happy with the phone. It's interesting. I think the the I can't help myself. I'm just veering towards the tablet conversation. It's 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 sitting there. I'm so interested in the tablet as this consumption device and how long you know people hold on to them. But I think this idea that you have a great phone and a laptop that you like, those are two great places to consume the news. And I, for example, my wife, she reads all of her news on the on her MacBook while she texts people on her phone and they yeah. happen simultaneously and those are yeah. those are, the two devices are doing something differently and to me I think the question is what is that what is that core experience for news is it going to be something like Flipboard I think you really like this product I'm excited to try it out um, is it going to be something like a re-aggregator model like this is it going to be something like Apple News which is Similar in some ways, but it's no, it's nowhere near as sophisticated. Nowhere as near as granular, and right. and you know, it's obviously not Apple's core product. Right. Yeah, this is it's not existential for them the way that it right. is for Flipboard. Um, I, to me, I think that question is just it hasn't been answered. Uh, so we here in New York, we moved offices, and it's funny the train stop by this new office. It has a bunch of like old news agent kiosks by it and now they're uh-huh. instead of magazines are like full of candy and iphone charger cables but at one time they were full of magazines and i, yeah. I as i was walking by one the other day i thought to myself this used to be how people saw the spread of news in the world they would literally walk by one of these things or walk by a, a bookstore or something and see the array of headlines available in their world and then choose to buy one bundle of news, whether it was a newspaper or a magazine or whatever, and that's what they got. They, you know, you wouldn't buy every magazine. Now, everything's available to you. It's harder to see everything, and you need basically a product to help you filter it. For a lot of people, that product is Facebook, and your friends are filtering it for you, and Facebook's algorithm is filtering it for you. For a lot of people, that product is Twitter. God only knows what the hell's happening on there, but you can open it up and be in a bad yeah. mood, and that's great. <laughs> or it's you make another kind of choice. And I think that's what comes back at the very beginning. You said they're, they're doing well. They have a, a lot of uh, users. They're growing. And I think that it's kind of unheralded, this kind of third way, this non-totally social-driven way of getting news, where it's more interest-driven, it's packaged more beautifully, uh, and it's still a bundle, even though the bundle is composed of multiple different elements. Well, and it obviously has some attractiveness because, as you pointed out, Apple does it, makes it a default app. Google has uh, uh, something I don't News think stand. quite as good. Now, so here's, here's another random stat. The Verge kills it on Google Newsstand. I bet you didn't even there know we go. were on Google Newsstand. I barely <laughs> know that we're on Google Newsstand. But hundreds of thousands of people consume The Verge on Google Newsstand every week. And 
more power to you. Keep doing it. But it's just fascinating. Once you commit to this model of distributing your, your content widely, the random platforms that you'll find it get pick up on. And it's, I mean, it's chaos. It, it, as you said, it's chaos. Well, and as you know, uh, in the currently on iOS, you just have to slide. Yeah. You don't even have to go into Apple News. You can see the top stories and then and, and then tap. So it's just as it's just as easy as it can be on iOS devices. And I, I, I just want to get back. I just want to get back to this point that I think I don't actually think yes. In a way, Facebook and Twitter are curating something. Some of it is news and some of it is not news. On Twitter, it's inherently unnuanced because it's 140 characters. It's a little, little better than that now because they've made a, a couple tweaks. But it's very short. And there are some people who are brilliant at packing a lot into that, but not most people. So you're going to see a relatively unnuanced thing and I can't tell you the number of people I think I was talking to you about this yesterday I can't tell you the number of people who don't even read the story and they immediately erupt to get <laughs> mad at you for something you know yeah. we had a we had a great uh, joint project by Ben Popper of our staff and Peter Kafka of Recode that ran on both sites yesterday and it was an examination of BuzzFeed uh, getting into serious conflict with with uh, President Trump uh, and and publishing, you know that so-called dossier on his alleged activities uh, having to do with Russia, which uh, other news organizations wouldn't touch because they didn't prove it, and BuzzFeed couldn't prove it either. But they went and printed it, and there was much more to the report than that. But it was really not about Trump; it was about BuzzFeed. But it had a an, an illustration of Trump uh, as the as the yeah piece of art at the top of the of the piece and that was all over twitter so people who are pro-trump or anti-media who saw that picture just assumed it was an attack on trump and i got i you know i tweeted it and i got a bunch of a uh, bunch of people saying i'm so disappointed in you you're, you know you hate trump blah blah you're taking political sides and i'm like read the piece <laughs> don't just tweet you know yeah and so I don't think it's a very – I think it's a – to me, to be honest, Twitter is, you know, great for promoting. We're journalists, so we promote our, our work uh, and our colleagues' work on Twitter and even some of our competitors' work that we like. And it has other useful things about it. But I think as a, as a place to find out the news or to, or to have some aggregation of the news, I think it's, it's failing yeah. It's failing more and more. And Facebook, is, I mean, you know, your feed has ads, it has cat pictures, it has baby pictures, and yeah, it has super important news stories. It also has, I mean, I, I, have, I have friends who are PhDs. I have friends who are super smart, and I'll see them retweeting essentially just fake news articles <laughs> from fake news organizations. I, I Seriously. Yeah. And it's not – it's just because they're not in our business and so they're not as sophisticated – you know, they're very sophisticated about their career in a way that I never could be. But on this particular score of judging the veracity of, of, of the source or the 
you know, is it fake? Is it not fake? Is it somewhere in between and just kind of an ad mill that puts clickbait headlines on stuff? They're, they're pretty bad at judging that, and a lot of people are. So that's my problem with using Facebook as a way to see things. Do I, do I see news there? Of course. Do I see news on Twitter? Of course. Is this new Facebook, I mean, Flipboard going to be a much better way to do it? I think so. Yeah. Is Flipboard making a commitment that it's going to vet what comes into it? Or are they, is it a half commitment? Like, you know, the feeds that they curate for you and then you can add your other stuff. Like, what's their, what's their worldview when it comes to that stuff? You mean about your ability to customize whatever feed you? No, I mean, so if you make, if you open the politics magazine, are they committing that they're only going to show you trusted sources? What, what? Well, they don't have a politics magazine. You're making a politics magazine. Right. They will. But uh, what, what uh, they populate it from? Are they? Yeah, I understand. Well, it, there is that kind of magazine where you can decide all the sources, but they are doing curation of, of, of sources, yes. Um, they have deals with publishers. They will show you publishers they don't have deals with as well, so they're not, you know, just pushing them. I, I think we should disclose that. I think we have a deal with them. Yeah, you can get the Virgin uh, Vox at, and at Vox and, Media, yeah. you know, all of our properties, but that's fair disclosure. But you, but you can get people that don't have deals with them. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't get into that specifically with them, but they're very um, careful. I'll give you an example. One element of customizing that you can choose is is to follow what they call thought leaders in whatever particular subject it is um, from Twitter. And those things show up. If the thought leader is just tweeting words or a photo or something, they have a way of displaying that in a pretty way. It's even better if the thought leader is, or anybody that you want to follow on Twitter, has you has embedded a link in the tweet because they'll then immediately you know show you that story right there mm-hmm. and it and it looks really beautiful and they have gone and picked what they think are the influencers or the thought leaders in each field and for instance when I was setting up my uh, technology magazine which is not something that comes with it you don't ever have to have a technology magazine but I am in that area so I wanted one. I noticed there's a whole bunch of, of thought leaders in there that seemed all reasonable to me. A lot of them were CEOs of tech companies or well-known journalists or analysts, whatever. Um, full disclosure, I discovered I was one of them. <laughs> but I don't get any money for that, and they didn't yeah. And they didn't ask me. I mean, and they don't have to ask me. They can just say, here's a, here's a, and it's a long list. It goes on for many screens. Now, I didn't delve into that aspect of it in other subject areas, but I'm sure there are lo- there are lists of similar influencers. If you were in music, if you were in if you were in science, whatever. Um, yeah. So here's my big question. Right. This seems like a great product. It seems very similar to products that sort of bigger companies have put out. Right. Like Twitter moments is very similar to what you're describing, right? Yeah. It's going to show you a bunch of stuff around the news that happened on Twitter that day. Apple News we've talked about. Apple News nowhere near as good as Flipboard. It, it, for a minute, there was a rumor that Apple would buy Flipboard and actually just make it Apple News. Why hasn't Flipboard gotten swallowed up by one of these other companies? It, it seems like those rumors come and go for years. There was also a big rumor for a while that we and others were chasing about, I think, Twitter buying them. Yeah. I think one reason it hasn't gotten swallowed up is that 
look, I haven't pursued this with them, but I have the strong sense that they're not especially interested in getting acquired. That doesn't mean they won't. We could see mm-hmm. an announcement tomorrow. I don't know. There's a price <laughs> for everything, right? Yeah. They're a private company. They're not a We're public company. We're going to send them a pack of Control-Alt-Delete stickers. And it's finally going to We will, and that'll be enough. <laughs> um, you know, they, they are dedicated to this. They're fascinated by the idea of magazines, and they're fascinated by the uh, digital magazines, and they're fascinated by the idea of personalization and, uh, and, and, of, and of kind of a, a civic duty to help people be informed. And it sounds corny, but it really is. If, if you've ever met uh, their CEO, Mike McHugh, or any of the other leaders there, they're serious people about this. They really care about it. They're not journalists. I mean, they, they employ journalists, who do some of the editorial curation, but they care a lot about it. It's to me, it's amazing that they've withstood the sort of Apple News phenomenon, right? Apple's justifiably somewhat infamous for seeing great products developed on its platform, and then what's the, I think the term is Sherlocking them, right? Where they yeah. then they release their <laughs> own version that's inbuilt to the platform, and eventually that pl- that that product kind of withers away. Yeah, well, I mean, free you one. know. This, uh, they, I asked them, why haven't you been killed? Are you being killed by Apple News? Is that why you're doing this kind of big shakeup of the way your, your product works? And they t- told me they're healthy and growing. And yeah. they haven't been killed by Apple News. But, but their ties to Apple were, at least at one time, and may still be very friendly. You know, they, Steve, I know for a fact that when they were getting started on the iPad, because the iPad is what one of the things that inspired them to start. Steve Jobs came over to their very small office in Palo Alto, which is where he lived, and sat down and at their invitation and watched it. I think Tim Cook has been there. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not talking about for, you know, acquisition negotiations. So they they have they have strong ties to Apple. I assume they have ties to Google as well. And I think they've turned down some offers. Yeah. That doesn't mean they'll turn down every offer forever. The interesting thing is, right, they, they have this base of users. It's growing. It's loyal. People are using it. Maybe they can't get Sherlock, right? Like Apple would have to do so much work to make Apple News better and then convert all those people. Once you have the app you like, you're probably going to stick with it. Uh, a comparison that comes to mind is actually Spotify. So I think Apple Music has actually gotten pretty good. It, it's like I it use is. it more than yeah. Spotify now. Yeah, um, me too. Because I, I think it's local music management is just way better than Spotify's. But you talk to Spotify and they're basically like, well, we're big enough. Like we've hit the, we've hit the number where enough people are dependent on us and they're bought into us that it kind of doesn't matter what Apple does. We're just going to keep growing because we're the, we're the winner. And I, you know, I think on the news side it's a little different. People's taste about how they're going to get news come and go pretty fast. But if Flipboard can get to a place where they have a base that's growing and people like it, it maybe doesn't matter what Apple builds into the phone because the first thing you're going to do when you get a new iPhone is you know restore from a backup and Flipboard's going to be there again. So you don't have to choose it in the way that defaults on a, a computer sometimes preclude yeah, you from I mean, choosing. And I think that that's a good general statement not only about Flipboard, not only about news apps, but about you know to your point about Spotify, about all kinds of apps. If you – have an app that has built up a base and you know Flipboard has got nowhere near the number of people that 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 Spotify has but and, and it doesn't charge money 
for any, there, there's no freemium model uh, on Flipboard. It's an advertising model, you know, but, it, but whatever that number is that allows them to, to sustain themselves and grow and whatever other metrics they want to use about, okay, we're, we're good and, and, we're, and we're growing, uh, it may be enough. And that's good. It's nothing. It's not anti-Apple to say this or anti-Google to say this, but there are third parties that, by focusing very hard on one thing, can actually do a better job than a giant company that has got a million focuses. Right. How how does Flipboard make money? Are you sticking ads in between your page flips? What's the story? Yeah, that's what it is. And they're from the beginning, and they're and they're they look like New Yorker ads. You know, they're. I mean, New Yorker print ads, and or I guess also digital now. But yeah, they every and are, and are they every so the- many pages. I don't know what the formula is. I noticed if you if you're flipping through, you'll see an ad there. And, and are they doing all the targeting stuff so they know who you are and you like technology? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know so how much of that they do and how much of that they don't do. Right. My but my it, bad. It, I bet it not- feels nicer than web advertising, no matter what. Oh. Yeah, come on. I mean, we we were talking about this when when, when did I write that column? A couple of months ago. I mean, the, uh, advertising is is actively ruining the web, and you know, you and I were both at a meeting today where our boss talked about how ads have got to have the same quality, whether they're whether they're print or video or whatever they are. They have to have the same. They have to have to, quality that earns attention the way that uh, news and commentary has to has to have quality that earns attention and I think we're a long way for that from that uh, as a general statement now yeah. I think we're still on the wrong side of that right now yeah. and, and, but but if you're reading your news on flipboard you're seeing beautiful ads you may not care about the subject or whatever so you flip through it but uh, and it's just the same. It doesn't make you wait. You know, it, it's not like those video ads that you can't fast forward through sometimes. You know, or you can't dismiss. <laughs> you yeah. can flip through just like any other page. This episode of Control Walt Delete is also brought to you by Vivint Smart Home. Not long ago, the term smart home simply meant a remote-controlled home. But now there's a company that's worthy of the intelligence that the title smart home implies: Vivint Smart Home. As the number one smart home provider in the United States, Vivint Smart Home is already used by more than a million customers and counting. With all the smart cameras you'll need from indoor, doorbell, and outdoor wireless security cameras to smart thermostats, locks, and voice-controlled Amazon Echo, you won't believe how many unexpected conveniences Vivint offers. Whether you're traveling or in the middle of a busy day, you can easily adjust your thermostat, lock, and unlock your doors, check the live feed of your cameras, all right from your phone on Vivint's 4.5-star rated app. Best of all, you get award-winning, around-the-clock professional security monitoring, which may help you qualify for a 15 to 20% discount on your homeowner's insurance premiums. And with Vivint's free customized smart home consultations and free professional installation, getting a smart home is simple and easy. With all the benefits that the Vivint smart home and security system offers, it's no wonder they are the number one smart home services provider in the United States. Go to vivint.com walt to learn more. That's V-I-V-I-N-T dot slash walt. So what's next for these guys? What, what, what's the next move? Is it just keep on keeping on? Is it to roll out some some big new feature? Do they see a future of media that's beyond this? Well, I think they have to perfect this new release, which came out today. Like any new release, it has some things 
that it needs to do better. I found some latency, for instance, in scrolling through the gallery on the home page, which is bad because that's their main, their, the first thing you see. They are doing a patch shortly that they claim will take care of that. So that's the kind of thing. They have to do that. And then I think their next big project will be porting this thing not porting it, but I mean doing a different version, an appropriately different version for uh, iPad. Yeah. But they'll pro- I, I assume, unless something awful happens to the company, there'll be a version 5, and I don't know what it will be. Yeah. I think that that move to the iPad, I, I, I sort of keep coming back to it. I think the next generation of tablet software, particularly iPad software, has to – it has to move beyond the paradigm of it's pretty much the same as your phone into something else, right? Into leaning into what makes the iPad great. It's a great thing to watch a video on. It's a great thing to read on. It's a great – I mean it, it's so good at the things that it's good at. But the core experiences tend to map to, well, you took the phone thing and made it bigger and slightly better for this bigger screen. And I think that – I'm really interested in what people do with that is – as the next generation of iPads come out. I'm really interested in that too, but I, you know, in defense of iPad apps, I think you already see that there are differences. There's almost every, you know, serious app looks a little different on the iPad, has different, has more panels or different panels or does different things with photos, whatever, because it has a much bigger canvas to play on. Now, if you're saying it should even be more different or you know, radically different than I'm, sign me up. I'd love to see, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see that. But it's, it's a little bit unfair to say that they are, they are not particularly just blown up phone apps. And in fact, in Flipboard's case, they went the other direction. You know, they started on the iPad. Yep. And when they moved to the phone, they did kind of, uh, you know, vertical flipping instead of horizontal flipping. They did some other things that made it appropriate for the phone. This is in stark contrast to Android, which is which never bothered to put any emphasis on making a seriously different type of app for tablets. Mm-hmm. And so on any screen bigger than a phone, even a big phone screen, a lot of the Android apps look just like stretched out phone apps. Yeah. You know, and, Dieter's big theory, and he, he, yeah. he actually has this on The Verge. Uh, there's, your, there's what Dieter mentioned. His big theory is that... As Android and Chrome OS get bigger, what we're going to see is Android tablets that actually rely on a desktop class Chrome browser underneath to deliver desktop experiences. I think that that to me is like really it's it's I don't know if it's the right idea, but it's 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 different. It's than a what, fascinating what's idea. Right. But I got to tell you, as somebody who uses the iPad a lot and I mean a lot. Yeah. Browser on the iPad is not the the which is Safari, regardless mm-hmm. of what it calls itself. It's Safari, the rendering engine underneath, at least. Uh, it may have a different user interface, but uh, it, it's Safari. I know it's not exactly the same as desktop Safari, but it's a set to me. It's essentially if you look at a site, uh, even our site, on an iPad uh, or on a laptop, they are very similar. Whereas on the phone, it's quite different. It's great, and it's phone centric, but it's it, it doesn't look visually. Uh, the layouts and so forth just don't look visually nearly as close to the PC layout as the iPad already does. 
but if you're saying, uh, you know, that the merger of Android and Chrome is going to lead to this, if Dieter is saying that, and if that's what happens, yeah, uh, that would be fascinating, and it might prompt Apple to really put a, a totally full desktop browser, perhaps. On, on the iPad. I mean, I'm just thinking in the context of this conversation from a news consumption standpoint, I would love if, you know, I'm looking at Flipboard in sort of a mobile app kind of way and I push the button and go to the full crazy desktop site of whatever I'm looking at. And I, I don't yeah. know why that is. It's the, because I, you like web browser things. I do. I do very much. Like what? <laughs> As we have discussed many, many, <laughs> many, 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 times. many times. Well, no, I, I, to this day, I still think, and there are a few sites that I do this well where the mobile experience is better. But, you know, I'm, I read in the New York Times app every night um, just to catch up on everything. And I think to myself, this is fine, but I'm, I might be missing something. It still feels limited in that way that mobile news interfaces can feel limited. And I think... That's kind of what I'm missing from RSS too. That RSS, RSS experience to me was I'm seeing all the headlines packaged from all the sites that I follow. And then when I want to engage with one, I can go see the whole thing, right? And that, that little bit of packaging, even though it was just lists of headlines, that little bit of I'm going to go to the place now where I want to see the full article, that, I, it, that maintained – a sense of what these brands and sites that I was following were all about. I'll be interested to see if you, if you can get that feeling back because I don't know how much you've used Flipboard. I ha- so I haven't used it. It just came out today. So I got to – No, no. I don't mean it. the new version but in general because they've had feeds for a while, RSS feeds. Now they're just making it easier, just much easier to customize what you want. Mm-hmm. And so feeds is part of that. Following social, particular social accounts is part of that. Following particular publications – uh, or just going with their suggested granular subtopics. I mean, one example they they gave me, um, when, you know, when I was doing my reporting on this was, hey, if you're an enterprise tech guy and you go to one of these other news aggregators and you say, I want to see about tech, you're going to see a lot of things you don't care about because you only care about enterprise tech in this example. But if you go to one of do one of our new smart magazines, you can go. You can st- start by saying tech, and then you can say, I want to see enterprise tech, and just don't put consumer tech. Don't put uh, you know, companies that don't put gaming. Don't put other, kind, other, ver- other aspects of tech in there. And your tech magazine will be very different than the, than the tech magazine of somebody who's not like you. I'll be interested to see if you feel you can get that experience, which let's face it, those – Feedly and NewsGator and all those things were pretty crude. I mean, they were. <laughs> they were. But they're pretty crude. Facebook is ele- – uh, I keep saying Facebook. Flipboard is elegant. Yeah. It's elegant. So you might be able to get kind of the best of both worlds, your feeds, uh, some other stuff from publications and, I mean, directly without going through a feed uh, and some social accounts and still see it in an elegant way. And feel like you you haven't lost anything because look, I get what you're saying about you know you're reading the news on a phone app and you say mm, I think I'm missing stuff. You feel that you just have that odd feeling. Yeah. But I could go even further and say, and I know this to be true, if you are reading a paper newspaper, <laughs> um, 
which is a dying thing. We, we know, all know it's a dying thing, or maybe it's hit bottom and stabilized. I don't know, but it's certainly way less you know, ubiquitous than it, it once was, not ubiquitous at all. There, you really don't feel you're missing anything because it's all there and it's laid out in a way that your brain just knows how to navigate. Yeah. Well, I mean, a, a paper, a newspaper, or a magazine is still the ultimate bundle of things, right? You you buy a brand, it's full of a bunch of articles that brands editors have selected for you that are thematically organized. The advertising experience is good. It's just, We haven't figured out how to do that online in the same way at all. No, we really haven't. And I, I, I don't know whether it's the size of screens or the limitations of HTML. I mean, we tr- the, there was a big effort, right? I mean... Jobs wanted the magazine companies to do iPad apps. Um, what was and it? a lot of them did actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wired had one that I subscribed to. It was a big thing. It was, it's. I believe it's now gone. I mean, uh, there was the Daily. Do you remember the Daily? Yeah, that, I, I do. Mean, and I worked for Rupert Murdoch. I do remember the Daily. God, RIP the Daily. Some of the best journalists I know all came out of the Daily. <laughs> I think it's yeah. The, they spent a lot of money, um, and and they they thought you know. The, the mistake, and this goes back to Flipboard, the mistake the Daily made was to say there's this thing called the iPad, not tablets in general, by the way, although they may have eventually had an Android version, I don't know, but it was primarily the iPad. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, partly because Apple did do a lot of engineering work to make those things work brilliantly on the iPad in, in the early days, and they said okay, there's this thing called the iPad. It has taken off faster than anything. And you, you know the stats on that. We, we now realize the iPad is, you know, has a long replacement cycle and sales drop every year mm-hmm. a little bit. But in the beginning, it, for the first few years, it took off faster than any, faster than the iPhone, mm-hmm. faster than the PC, faster than anything in its, in its beginning. So they said, okay, here's the iPad. It's going to be the new thing. We're going to make a content product based on this one hardware product. And I think that was that was an error. Also, that was it was, an error. But you know, oddly... Like 300 Flipboard, meg downloads every, every day. That's right. But, <laughs> but Flipboard did the same thing. Yeah. They saw the iPad and they said, we're going to do this. And somehow they're still... They're not gone like the daily. They didn't pour as much money in. They're still beautiful. They're still functional. And now they're even better with this new version. So it's kind of an interesting out. Maybe it's an outlier. I don't know. But it's but it's a it's a worthwhile thing. If you've never tried it, you should try it. You might hate it. And that's fine. Uh, You might or you might not think it's any better for you than Apple News or Google Newsstand or Smart News is another one that yeah, uh, that that's out there. But um, but I think it's definitely something everybody should. You know, the smart try. news. The one thing they they had over everybody else, and I, I don't know if they it's still such an advantage because there's background processing on the iPhone kind of more available now. But when I used to commute to work, and there was no service in this now there's service in the subway stations, so it's yeah. not quite as bad. It's just the actual train ride itself. But before, you'd go down into the, the subway station and you'd be stuck with no service. And Smart News was great because it would pre-download everything for you in the background. Well, you had the option. Yeah. You could <clears throat> read but, the sort of smart 
news version. No, it was very smart, and it's a company out of Japan, actually, mm -hmm. that invented it. It started in Japan, and then they moved it here. Yeah. Uh, actually, the the U.S. editor, or the overall editor uh, of, of the U.S. edition is an old uh, friend of mine from the Wall Street Journal, Rich Jaroslavsky. It's, it's a nice product. Um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. These these little reaggregators, they're they're picking up steam because, like you said, it's chaos. And having somebody to, to sort through it for you and show you what's important, it's interesting that perhaps the all-social model is just not the way to go. Maybe you, Maybe just like before, you'd look at a newsstand and you'd be like, I trust that brand to bundle the news for me. Maybe now it's I'm going to trust somebody to bundle the internet for me, or I'm going to bundle it myself. Right by by just clicking five times, and yeah. boom, I've got something. And then if later I want to go and click some more, I can, but I don't have to. Yeah, um, that's really the sweet spot they're trying to hit with this new version. And I don't think it's one thing or the other. By the way, some people are going to still want always the social thing. Uh, and some people um, are gonna are gonna want to do this, re, what you call reaggregator uh, model, and it's just it's exactly like. Some people love comments. Mm -hmm. They read them. They, you know, they they comment themselves all the time, uh, and you know, we both know, particularly on sites, that comments can be a sea of vitriol and off-topic stuff and all kinds of crazy stuff. But there are people that, that thrive on that. Even if they themselves are being serious and on-topic, they can wade through it and they're fine. There are a lot of other people that don't, don't have time for that yeah. after a while. Well, I mean, comments are a big part of The Verge. You know, I think they yeah. – we, we let uh, – for you and I actually have very different perspectives on this. You – don't have comments on your on your column. I love having comments on my things, and of course, I run the place, so I can ban anybody at will. <laughs> so my comment yeah. sections are usually pretty polite, but I think they're like a great part of the internet media experience. And other people, like yourself, think that are they're worthless, and like I think that's fine. And that's to me, that's one of those things when I'm reading in an app or on a phone. I often think. Am I missing the community experience on this site? Is there, is there a set of comments that I'm not seeing? Is there a, a conversation around the story that I'm not seeing? Because that's no, very it. traditionally desktop. I get it. I would I just correct you. I don't think they're worthless. I think there are a lot of very worthwhile comments. I think two things. I think, sadly, unfortunately, there are – they can eat – the worthwhile comments – and I'm not just talking about comments that agree with whatever you wrote. They could be – very worthwhile comments that completely disagree with whatever you wrote in a smart, civil way. Will you, you, the journalist, learn from that? I love that. The problem is that's not the majority of comments, in my experience, that I see. Um, even if people say, hey, great piece, and, you know, that, that's nice. It's a great compliment. I'll never fail to thank people. But I haven't learned, you know, it's not, they're not engaging in the content. Uh, and then there's just a lot of ridiculous stuff that's awful. The other reason that I'm not wild about comments on the, our sites is we have these two giant social platforms, Facebook and Twitter, where our work appears and where people 
happily pile on and comment. So I have a comment section. It's just not on the verge. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I think that, and that's another thing. We've disaggregated that too. Speaking of which, I think it's probably time we wrap up, and I tell people to comment on this on Twitter by sending us new intros to the website. Or the website. This I <laughs> See, I love the web so much. Send us new intros to the podcast, which is distributed via web technologies. There, I brought it all, all the way around. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Uh, internet. Internet. Internet technologies. technologies. Uh, but we love them. I'm at Reckless, Walt's at Walt Mossberg. Love your intros. Send them over. We both love your feedback on the show. Easiest like in the business tweeted us about the show. Uh, we'll, we'll get you right back. Um, also, uh, go on iTunes. We have a bunch of other shows. Dieter and I, the infamous Dieter Bone, host The Vergecast. Lauren Good, also on The Verge team, hosts Too Embarrassed to Ask on the Recode side. Peter Kafka hosts Recode Media. Also, go, Walt brought it up earlier, Ben and Peter wrote a great piece about sort of the future of BuzzFeed, big internet, giant media company, but a new media company that's trying to take on take on the president in the way of old media companies and the, the challenges of them doing that. So go read that. That was a great piece this week. And then Kara Swisher, the inimitable Kara Swisher host Recode Decode, which is wonderful and you should go listen to that. All that's on iTunes. Go find it. Rate it. Review it. And I'm going to I'm gonna give a new instruction this week. Tell a friend. Buy some merch. Buy a sticker. Buy a t-shirt. And then tell a friend about Control-Alt-Delete. Have them listen to it too. We can all do it together. It'll be a fun time. I promise you. And then, you know, you're all going to read us on Flipboard. It's going to be great. And we read all your comments. <laughs> we do. We do. I do. We do. I love it. Uh, it's my it's my favorite thing. But that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week. I got to say, I'll be. Uh, Walt, are you going to be in the new podcast studio next week in DC? No, I'm going to be on the road next week. You'll be on the road. But I at the Code Media Conference. Oh, very fun. Well, our new studios are going to be open next week, so I'll be recording from a fancy new studio in our New York office. I cannot wait. That's going to be a good. And show. I'll be recording from a fancy hotel room overlooking <laughs> the Pacific. We'll be back next week. That's our show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Walt. Thanks, Neela.